Welcome back to the Omni Wellness Studio Podcast. Thank you again for tuning in. We got another special episode in store for you today. Like always, if you like the content we're putting out and the message, leave us a review, subscribe, give us some love. That protein mac and cheese, man, it's like, I'm like you, I, I freaking, I think I did the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, thought it was one serving. Yeah, I can't eat just one serving of mac and cheese. It's, not, it's never happened in my life. But it's you know it's but it's easy to do. I could I could sit down and, and eat that whole thing. Oh yeah. yeah, I did, and it was it was good. Yeah, man. So, well, Buck Corson. Yes. All right, man. My real name's Dylan, by the way. I get, but I've I've gone by Buck since my dad, my granddad, who's he adopted me, but I call him my dad. Um, he gave me to it because it was short for buckwheat, and we had yeah. He always <laughs> called me that as a child. So um, we had t-ball, first sport I ever played, and we had I think three or four Dillons on one team, all spelled D-Y-L-A-N. Really? Yeah. So my coach was like, "You call me anything else?" And he said, "Buck." And he's like, "I like it." So then it's ever since. But your real name's Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dang, man. Yeah, I've I was named. I got that name after uh, a TV show, nine hundred two one zero. Really popular during the nineties. Who was that? Your mom or dad? Yeah, my mom. My gotcha. mom gave it. Yeah. Which I think I remember Dylan yeah. off that show. Yeah, it was. Golly, that was man. There were a bunch of Dylans during the the 90, born ninety one to ninety two. So, man, I appreciate you taking time out of your oh, day yeah. to be here. Oh, yeah, this so is I know I've, first time for me. So it's, it's exciting. <laughs> first nervous. podcast. Yeah, ever. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, what you nervous about? Oh, I think it's just the yeah, like. Being in front of a crowd or being in front oh, of a yeah, camera yeah, yeah. during, like, when you're in competition yeah, doesn't, yeah. you don't think about it because right. this guy's trying to hurt you. Gotcha. But when it's just like a talking, like, yeah. you got to kind of silence all of it out. Just kind of like a crowd. You got to silence yeah. everything out and yeah. just talk and let it go. Yeah, no, I get it. Like I was telling you before the show, um, if you had told me like a year and a half ago that I was going to be on a podcast every week and in front of the camera, I've been like, mm-hmm. heck no, man. Like, the the amount of uncomf- uncomfortableness that I've had to work through to just to, just to get this far has been crazy, dude. So I, I feel you on the anxiety I mean, part. Oh yeah, I've I've got better, but it's still not a hundred percent. I've probably put off like because I've reached out to you before, but yeah. I've put it off because of just the probably six months. Like when we first yeah. talked about it, I was like, I'll get with them this weekend, and then I'm like, uh, no. And then I finally I was like, all right, we're doing it, doing it this time. So Buck Buck Dylan Corson. Well, my so yeah so. <laughs> My my real name is Dylan Conley Corson. Okay. Buck's not even on the birth certificate. Yeah, yeah. It's not like to go through the process to get my name changed. Right. I'm just, I'm not doing it. No, right? it's not it, worth it. My government name is my name. My family gave me that name. I'm not yeah. going to go and change anything. I'll just, no. the people know me as Buck. Well, cool. You'll be Buck on this show. Appreciate so, uh, it. well, so I'm, I told you earlier, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this episode as a time just to learn a little bit more about you, mm-hmm. you know, because I know. Just I know you in the past in passing of the in the smoothie shop mm-hmm. you come in and you're always like come you must come in after a workout because yeah, you always yeah. look like you're just you, you've oh, been yeah. put through the ringer man yeah it's like, I sweat and, yeah I'm a I, I sweat profusely if it's there's no I've had no issues ever warming up getting a sweat going and so yeah I come swing through there um, and get a protein shake every time I get done or if I'm I need it for a meal and I think this is actually the first time I've seen you in like non sweaty gym Sweat, yeah yeah i'll usually if i have to work a, a different shift then i'll I'll come in before because y'all are not open at 4 30 of course right. so um i'll come through and i'll be in uniform occasionally but just hey, passing through clean up good man <laughs> i appreciate it yeah, yeah. <laughs> well cool so um where where are you originally from and and um how, you know growing up was there anything that because i know you're 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 into boxing mm-hmm. like would you you're pretty advanced too like you're a coach mm-hmm. Here in here in Rome, yes, I know you're not. Um, you you wouldn't consider yourself professional, but you are. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's, 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 a, it's, it's a yeah. You once you um, go through the process and you get into that program and you start receiving you know pay from like, yeah. it, it puts you in that, so you can't go back and fight in amateurs, right? Even though some like higher level Olympians that won medals, they do get the they get a, a voucher basically to go back and try to you know win Re, the Olympics yeah. again. So, but as a boxer, once you get paid. Yeah, you're. That's it. You can't really just one time if you mm-hmm. get paid one time. Once. Yep. Dang man. Which in the amateurs you do get sponsorships. Yeah. Which is you know we know what that's this pay. Right. It's money. Gotcha. So, but um, as far as like at the end of the fight you get a purse because you're labeled as a prize fighter. Then, gotcha. So you know you get paid. That's there's no turning back. Yeah. 
And then you're also a cop, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a police officer. Yeah. What do you call it? Uh, I cop, <laughs> okay. cop, pig, whatever, the, you, whatever yeah. they want to call it. Yeah, yeah. man. Um, and that's for uh, Polk County? Polk County, yeah. How long? You say you've been doing that for about five years. Coming up on five years. I started and I went to the academy in 2019. So what, you know, anything growing up that, that sparked some of that interest, like as far as, you know, did you know you wanted to get in a box and did you know you wanted to be a cop at a certain uh, age? Definitely not. Did you not, a cop, not even no, know no. what you wanted to do when you graduated? Like kind of tell us a little bit about that and I where didn't. you're from. And I was I was born and raised here in Rome. Um, I, was, I live with my, my dad and my, and my grandmother. I, I keep saying it because he's my granddad and I was raised with my grandparents. So I refer to him as my dad, though, because that's who I know to yeah, be dad. So sure, regardless man. of him being my blood, it's still, you know, I don't think blood really matters to that. No. It's all about who, who raised you. So I was raised there. I played football. I had that – everybody had that dream of, you know, going to the professional in yeah. football. So um, when I did that, I had um, baseball as well. And then started getting into boxing, probably had an interest in seventh grade. My dad, over the summer of seventh going into eighth grade, he bought a heavy bag for me. And he was like, he did it a little bit as an amateur. Right. So he showed me my first ever, like, how to get your weight into a punch and actually start that t- twist. And the, really, it was a body shot. It was a yeah. basically a right hook to the body, you know, just planting your feet, yeah. letting it go. But man, that was my first, like, I was like, All right, I want to do this. But then it actually didn't come to fruition until I was in going into 10th grade. So a gym opened up, Lee Fortune was the owner and coach. So I jumped on it then. Well, is that was that here in Rome? No, it was in Cave Spring. Cave Spring. Yeah. So there's a boxing gym in Cave Spring. Is, it still, is it still around? Nope, sure isn't. Yeah. It was it was my first like experience into something. I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna like this. It's yeah. something I'm gonna probably become addicted to. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, like my question to you is like I've never boxed and I've ne- I've never really been like in a crazy scruffle of a fight. Mm-hmm. Like you know I've, I've press some guys up against a wall and, yeah. you know, got in their face and stuff before. But um, I've never really been socked in the face mm-hmm. super hard. Mm-hmm. Like, when, 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 how does that feel for the first time? Uh, <laughs> so, well, that, how do you get, how do you get, how do you teach people that's never been punched in the face before to get punched in the face? Well, is there any kind of like warm up to that or, um, nah, it's just, I, I never <laughs> liked uh, beating around the bush. I just, was like one of those. Let me learn the hard way. I was hard headed anyway. So, so like like bloody noses and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I Crazy. basically my first ever sparring partner was a dude out of Cave Spring who was like forty years old. Yeah. And I'm fifteen, but fifteen. I'm you know five eleven, six foot. And I'm two hundred sixty pounds. So he's a grown man. Yeah. He's boxed before, and that was the first time I ever got hit. But I was like, it. I mean, it hurts, but it don't. It's like, well, we'll do it again. Because to know? me, I mean, you know, I know it's not bare knuckle to the face but it's still some blunt force yeah still uh I mean, uh, even I, a 16 ounce glove when it hits you clean um it's it's gonna hurt oh he, he hit me and i was like come on. you know it's, I, it, I was very bad starting out like i had a bad way of eating two to give one they say so i would yeah. eat two of your shots so i can land one big one really yeah it was dumb like i don't know how many brain cells i've probably lost from those from that first stra- that for, first year for that strategy yeah really you would purposely take two yeah. it was just because of i'm like well they're better than me but i want to be tough i want to be the tough guy gotcha but i found out that's not the way to do it it took one time with a guy that was was not really bigger than me but he was short he was built like a you know a fire hydrant yeah and he hit me and it was the first time i was like knocked out on my feet like the room i got hit one time and a black cloud come over me, and then I got hit again, and then the room started. I was looking; it was like I was looking through a keyhole, but I was somehow on my feet. Weird. And then the late Lee broke it up, and he's like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Have you ever been like knocked out, like oh, blacked yeah. out completely, oh, like on one the ground, Uncon- knocked unconscious?" How did that feel? I mean, just all right. So we'll go, go into that. So, <laughs> was so, that like uh, in your in your beginning stages? No, I was want to know as a pro. Gotcha. And so you, I don't know if you've seen him on TV, uh, Deontay Wilder. Yeah, I've heard I've heard of him, man. So probably the hardest puncher in the history of boxing. Up there with Foreman. Probably hits harder than Foreman. Yeah. I mean, he's, he at this time he was, I think, like 38-0 and 0 with 38 knockouts. Um, he was a heavyweight champion, WBC. Yeah. And he comes in for sparring in Douglasville, Georgia, because that was the gym that I was in pro in was in Douglasville. He just comes in there. So he – 
and we had a connection because in boxing, that's the thing is like everyone knows everybody. And if you don't see someone for say five, 10 years, you see them and it's like, you never, you just pick right up where you really. Went. Okay. Yeah. So he shows up and I'm already kind of starstruck because I've been watching him on TV. Yeah. I watched him a little bit as amateurs. I had sparred a little bit with him before, but not to the, uh, where he is now. Yeah. So he comes in, we have four other guys there to spar with him. So we're going to, cause we're going to do a round Robin, like, Go two, 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 all the way because he's getting round for a twelve round. What fight. is a round robin? Is that what that is? Yeah. So you basically one guy goes two to three rounds, hops out, fresh guy hops in. Gotcha. So he's coming from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So I want to give him good work because you know drive all this way, he needs yeah. good work. So what ends up happening? It's a guy gets in. His name is Stacy Frazier, I believe, and he gets in, and it's the first round. I think right in the middle of the first round, Deontay hits him with his patented straight right hand, yeah. knocks him cold. Dang. I mean, sleeps him. And I'm like, my dad's there. I look at my dad. I'm like, Dang, okay, yeah. we're about to, this is different. Like different, you can, yeah. you see an evolve really like it. Right. From seeing him and sparring with him at one time, it's like he just went levels overnight. Really? Yeah. Dang. So he gets in, they pull this guy out of the ring. They, they get him out, pull him out on his back. He's out cold. They throw him on the ground, pour water in his face. Next guy, get in. Mm. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not the next guy, so. I was third, so I was coming up. I was going to be in a little bit of a later round. Did you get nervous? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm already, like, I'm sweating. I'm not even moving. I'm sweating. Like, because I'm like, this is not good. So, next guy gets in, same thing. Hits him. But this guy just, he's like, no. Nah. Takes a knee. Really? Like, I'm, I'm done. And it was just a little short, just right, right hand. Next Dang, guy gets man. in. A little bit of a similar thing. He survives a little bit, but basically taps out, says, okay, this is. Hits hit with the right hand, takes a knee. They're like, all right, Buck. Get in. So I'm like, Ugh. what's going through your head? Like, you, well, you, you just like my pride is saying I don't want to be knocked out like a punk. Like, I don't want to look like you know the right. At and, least, at least give him a run for his or yeah, you know standing there longer it, than give him some work because that's what yeah. he's here for. This is work. It's not we're not trying to kill each other, but right. he's just do he's on his A game today, and I hope that my A game shows up where I can at least <laughs> survive this. Right. So he gets in and the round bell sounds and I realize and he's six foot seven. So. Dude. I'm like, okay, I know what I can't do is this hand has to stay up. I'm not getting hit with that right hand today. I'm not doing it. Yeah. So he ends up, we're we're moving, and I'm actually able to jab with him because, you know, when he a long, tall guy throws a jab, they step. So if I catch his jab and I step with my feet and my jab, I close the distance. So gotcha. I get to my range where I can punch. Mm. That happens a few times. I'm like, I'm kind of testing my luck because I'm jabbing with a, 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 long, a long, tall guy. Well, then, you know, there's a crowd of people because yeah. they know he's there. There's no filming, of course, because that's that's a no-no. And then uh, what happened was I just like, well, we're going to try this. So, basically, it was just a lunging left hook that I was going to throw. And I said, I'm doing it. Did it. Did it. it scores. Really? His headgear, like, kind of spins around. Wow. And everyone, oh, you know. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, it's not a race thing, but. Typically, white guys are the ones in the gym that are like, you got to earn your respect, which is, it's just a thing, yeah. you know. But I hit him, and his legs kind of buckle, so it looks it better. Looked, than, and right. I see he fixed his headgear, and it's like a oh, switch. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, got oh. hit with a right hand behind the ear. It stunned me. I was like, I'm fine. I wasn't fine, but I'm not going to say I'm getting out of the ring. So then I threw a jab. I threw the jab, and instead of bringing it back high, I come back slightly low. On my way back, he throws that straight right hand. Really? It lights me. out? Lights me out, yeah. Really? Just that quick? Out cold. Dude. I got up. I so told how, long, I was like, how long are you out for when that happens? A few seconds. Nothing like. But you're on the ground. Like, I'm like, I hit the ground, and I get up, but I don't remember getting up. Yeah. My dad was like, he, he was asking, I kept asking, what happened? He's like, I told you. You got caught with the right hand, he knocked you out. <laughs> And then at this time, I'm upset because I realized, you know, yeah, I've gotten yeah. knocked out and it was in sparring and I've looked like that. I look like the rest. And I was because I held myself at just a, a higher level. Right. But um, he he hit me. And that's the only time I've ever been like unconscious on my back. I've Dang been dropped man. before, but not to that where I couldn't beat the count. Yeah. But I guess at the same time, you know, like having somebody like that come in, that's so, is, that they're such at a high caliber mm-hmm. that probably helped elevate. Oh, all you yeah. guys want to step yeah. up your game. Well, that's like my trainer or the trainer at the time was like, look, you can take this what it is. It's sparring. You yeah. learned a lesson. It's not a loss. 
It's just you learned. It's a painful one. Well, take it back. It's not painful at all to get knocked out. You don't feel it. You just all of a sudden wake up, and it's like you took a nap in a real weird place. Yeah. So Man. the only thing I didn't like about it was um, – so I come to, and my dad asked me what time it was. I told him it was 7 o'clock. It was noon. The so room you're... felt like dark to me. Like wow. it looked like an evening time in the gym. Man, so it messed you up for a minute. Yeah, like my eyes, you're real blurry around your vision because it's basically, yeah. you know, you shut off that computer real hard, you know, hard cut off. Right. Yeah, it's just like that. It's just like the that. sensor gets turned off for just a little bit. Dang, man. And so, then all of a sudden we're driving back and it's like I took another nap again and I woke, I come to and Elna Paul and Rotmar were eating. <laughs> And I asked him, I said, what happened? How, how we get here? And by this time, he's pissed at me yeah. asking him over. I've just caught over and over yeah. and over. So and this is your dad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, That's cool, man. He, is, uh, your, uh, is your is your dad still living? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah he he's come in a few times to Spartan. He, really? Yeah. Okay. He'll, he'll go somewhere. I'll say, hey, you know, slide through, pick this up for me. And then, uh, yeah, he's he's seventy one now. I was about to say because when you say you know grandparent, you know, yeah, he granddad. Was, yeah, he was. I want to say when he was, I was born, he was in his forties. I think he was 41, 42. And then. Do you not uh, stay in contact with your biological. Never met him. What yeah. about your mom? Oh, yeah, my mom. Yeah, I stay. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah, always she's always stayed in contact. We, all, I mean, we see each other all the time. Gotcha. It's, there's no, like, toxicity in that one. But just growing up, like, at the, at the time, it was a better situation for you to live with your. Correct. My mom was grand- young. And it was gotcha. just. She you was know, probably. I mean, I mean, she was, I think she was 19, 19, you're still an adult, but you know, yeah, everyone's got their, everyone has their times. At least you had that option, man. Imagine going to like the system, the fork in the road. Yeah. That's what like, um, I kind of, I'm a big believer in the butterfly effect. Um, I feel like if, if I hadn't have been, if he hadn't, if they hadn't taken me in, my life would have been different. I feel like I'd be on the opposite end of things. Now. I'd be probably being, I'd been in the probably GDC by now. In really? Prison. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the butterfly effect. It's like that's that's a killer movie, by the way. That's, I love the movie. Yeah, it, it plays out different scenarios and yeah. how things could have went if he made a different decision mm-hmm. or been in a different place at the right time or wrong time. Yeah, it's crazy, man. And you know, it's it's one of those things. I I, I just I, I think about it from time to time, especially when you get like a day to yourself or not yourself, and you go into those deep, you know, yeah. reflections. And you think about if I'd have went left instead of right, you know. Yeah, that's so true, man. I have probably there's no telling what I'd be doing. Nothing productive at all. So he definitely put uh, instilled some positive into mm-hmm. your life. We and then, you know, I've had the same friends since I was, you know, fourth, fifth grade. Yeah, you know, we all see each other still. Um, we grew up that way through sports. We all played football, baseball, basketball, wrestled, box. They a couple of them, you know, they went pretty high in boxing in the amateur level. So, so what year did you graduate? Two thousand ten. Two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're you're only like thirty five. Thirty one. 31. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be 32. Yeah. 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 I went to Pepperell, so that's why I'm a math. I can't can't do math. We didn't do math good either. We didn't do much. That that meal was kind of ruined a lot of our brain cells. I always tell people that I loved high school so much that I went went five years. (laughs) I loved it so much. So much. Yeah. I loved it so much that I went a whole extra year. I just didn't, I couldn't let it go in 2004. So, well, actually, three. I was supposed to graduate in 03. But I didn't graduate until 04. You had to hit the 04. Yeah, year. man. That was a big year. Yeah. It was weird seeing all my <laughs> yeah. classmates going across the stage in 03. But anyway, um, so like when you when you were growing up, did, were you into like like partying? And did you go through like a wild spree? Oh, yeah. I, you know, were you I, drinking we, and stuff like yeah, that? Like I mean. Most like, of us do. Yeah, I, I probably, mine was probably 20 to 25, I would say. I just, you know, kind of not you know, not doing anything, you know, productive, you know, I was still training, but there was still just lags in my, my schedule. Yeah. I mean, it was just, I mean, I can still go have a drink or two, you know, go have fun now. So it's probably like nothing. No, it wasn't anything hard. No, no hard drugs. Oh, no, alcohol. I, I was always too scared to, <laughs> so, to mess with anything other that's, than marijuana. That's what I tell people is like, you know, um, and I think who you hang around does make yeah. a huge influence because I was lucky, even though I grew up like with parents that, Raised me right, mm-hmm. and always told me, you know, the dangers of drugs yeah. and even alcohol. Um, luckily, all my friends, all they did was just just drink. Yeah, nobody around me really did anything hard. But I will say, I mean, I can't sit here and say that if if one of them had started 
messing around with something a little bit harder. Mm. Who knows what what kind of influence that would have had on me, you know. Well, my thing was I was pressure kind of, and all that stuff, you know. We all like when we were in our twenties, like early twenties, we smoked weed. That's all yeah. the most I ever did. Um I had a few buddies that had messed with some other things, nothing like like anything like cocaine or something. Right. But I could never do it because my I was always worried that you might get hooked on it too. Like just well, I was more worried like before the fentanyl epidemic started. I was always worried what it may do to me, and I'll probably end up calling an ambulance to myself and telling on myself. And then <laughs> gotcha. And I'm gonna tell my dad, "Hey, I'm in the hospital because oh, I did this." How would he have reacted to that? He he would have understood. He wouldn't have, I say understand. I don't like the word understand. I got you. So it would have been that we're not mad. or I'm disappointed, which gotcha. is I'd rather you be mad than disappointed. So I just there was always that that voice. I guess yeah. I think you get that in sports a lot more when you're in a yeah. competition. You have that that voice, and you're and sometimes it's louder. I don't know what that is if you, you know whether you're spiritual or not. Um, but there's that voice that yeah. stays and tells you like, "Hey, something ain't right, <laughs> right this, or you need to do this." And I was always worried about that. But I'm glad that I didn't go down that road because, gosh, that's I see so many people's lives, you know, impacted negatively. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that. On the flip side of your your life, you're you know like we said earlier, you're a, you're a cop. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure you see a lot of that. Yeah, in the real world, you know, out patrolling the streets mm-hmm. and I, stuff I, like that. Man, bad situations with kids and kids. Yeah, it's always uh, those are always the worst. Anytime that because you know, you know, the stats show that if we're dealing in domestic situations where there's narcotics use or or, th- or thefts or something, the kids see that and they imprint. They, they see what their parents do. So then when they grow yeah. up, they think it's okay. And it's not. And I don't like law enforcement to be used like parents will call 911 and say, we just want you to scare our kids. Put them what? back to the police corps. I'm like, no. They'll actually call and ask that. Well, because it's a ju- juveniles right now are probably, they're unruly as they get. Like they don't believe, they know that there, there are certain laws that apply to them. And, you know, there's certain things we can and can't do. So parents will call and like, well, he's not. My son doesn't want to go to school. Get Man. him up. Take him to school. He don't listen. You, you know, whoop his tail. single moms saying this, well, the daddy's not present. I would say, yeah. Well, let me take that back. They might not be single, but they might as well not even have a dang yeah. partner. There, there's, yeah, there's probably struggles as far as trying to balance life, work, and everything. And um, the father may not be present. Well, the, that's the problem, man. Like, even when I was – Working for Direct TV inside a lot of people's homes, mm-hmm. I got to see a pretty, pretty good pattern of how the, the masses are when you're inside somebody's home for a couple of hours, mm-hmm. and so many single moms, so many grandparents raising kids. Like, you know, where's the daddies at? Yeah, you know, it's like they're it's it's bad. And then, like I said, they want us to scare them, but this badge and this this uniform is something I don't want to be portrayed as negative. There's already media that we're losing a battle with i don't need extra just true you know i don't need to seem like some you know stormtrooper so what's in your past five years of patrolling what's been some awkward or uncomfortable moments with 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 the media you ever felt um, like that was you were I, being targeted or in with the public and you know. not necessarily targeted i think it's just um your encounters with certain people will think that just because this happened in atlanta or up north somewhere that it goes on everywhere. It's like, no, this ain't Minneapolis. You know, <laughs> right. this ain't Atlanta. <laughs> this ain't like that. We didn't have that issue. Look, our community didn't do that. Yeah, I've never had a problem around here. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, with the with the police. Um, of course, it's it's a it's a shame that a couple of what I consider just bad humans, mm-hmm. which end up being cops, give them all a bad name. Yeah, yeah. It, it only takes happens. one to ruin the batch, and then everybody's a, <laughs> a violating the rights or alleging that, even though they don't. You know, it's can't do anything. It's a typical mechanism, defense mechanism to blame other people for you know stuff that you're doing wrong. You will never you know yeah. take, you know blame for yourself and acknowledge, hey, I got a problem and I need to address it. What do you think about these people that study the law like crazy, oh, like, like sovereign citizens? Yeah, that might be what it's called, but yeah. where you, you see them on the internet where they'll yeah. hide, hide a camera in their car yeah. and they'll purposely try to get pulled over to argue yeah. and debate with the cop. Like yeah. the cop will be saying, "Hey, can you roll it in your window?" And they'll be like, "Nope, I don't have to." It's in law number four hundred thirty-eight, yeah. section C. 
Have you had have you had, had to put up with anybody on that yet, man? And what do you uh, think about those people? Well, just it, trying to get views offline. Well, I haven't <laughs> had anyone like with a camera um, that's filming me to set me up. Right now, I'll have we have body cams now, so we'll stop people and they'll argue. I don't got to step out of the car. Well, your Supreme Court case law says you do and you must, so I'm asking you to step out. And so that, like, that's a common one. I don't have to step out of the car, and they'll yeah. say I don't have to. But you're saying that. Yeah, they do. Yeah, Supreme Court says. I would. Yeah. I would think so. <laughs> Supreme Court rules everything that you. That's the law of the land. Case okay. law is the law of the land. So yeah, um, yeah, that's what we operate on. I mean, it's a simple do your do your stops and encounters the same way every time, and don't veer from your your tactics, and you'll be fine most of the time. But as soon as you go down, you know, call it like getting into the ditch, as we say, then that's, yeah. that's where you get yourself hemmed up in trouble. And some people can't stay away from that. You've been in some shady situations yet where you thought it might get a little sketchy where you might have to. Yeah. I mean, when you go to it's basically like assist in other agencies like Seertown or Rockmart, where it's like they're in the middle of a, you know, you know, the hood and there's a massive just fight, you know, or there's been a shooting and someone's dead. Yeah. But you're having to process the scene and you're having to let this person still the dead person just lay there because you got to wait till detectives you've been there on those yeah. situations man i mean one, once or twice i mean polk is pretty wild but most of our stuff that was crazy i would say encountered through self-initiated activity like try stopping a car and it takes off running i mean those are i mean that's kind of the that's intense as it gets because you don't know what's going to happen right after yeah. it stops over with like is this person you know wanted for murder or are they going to come out you know shoot is that pretty him? common people fleeing people fleeing <laughs> yeah really it's a I, I don't i don't hear about it a lot yeah but. it's it's all about who you stop and like you never know what's going to happen is it true that you guys won't chase a crotch rocket some places won't i mean I, I, I why would you yeah do you even stand a chance Oh yeah, they gotta know how to drive it. Oh, okay, yeah, and most they, people don't. If now, if they can drive it, if they can r- drive that crotch rocket, we're not ca- my explorer. I'm just not even going to bother you. I'm like, well, that, maybe next He's time. He's getting away. <laughs> but most times, people run. They're running for something else other than you know their license yeah. ain't good or yeah, it's yeah, like something else. So, I guess that gives you even more motivation to catch them because mm-hmm. you know it's probably like a freaking they got a worn out for them or yeah and then you got to balance the risk yeah. reward ratio reward, reward yeah uh, there's, there's case law on that too with the general yeah you, know. you don't want to be chasing a guy that's got a warrant for you know a dope charge and then you know he'd crash into a crash you know, into an innocent family yeah i mean a lot of stuff is you know cause and effect like this Jeez. could happen this could happen yeah but we have to just kind of weigh the options of our what we're trained on and make a decision and not and, become new case law and I imagine that that gets covered a lot in training because the psychology of of humans and making decisions because that's what it boils down to, man. About a lot of this stuff, keeping shocked that keeping um, people safe and yourself safe is a split second decision. Yeah, you get, you don't really get a lot of that in police academy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> your police academy is a um, uh, you're basically force fed through a, you know it's a water hose. Like they turn it on, they they teach you Georgia law, criminal procedure. Um, a lot, of you book, don't get, a lot of book, a lot book of book shit. Stuff. So it's just yeah. like everything else, man. I was telling that to um, the last guest on here. I was like, you know, I have I have my hair cutting license, mm-hmm. but I don't know how to cut hair. Right? They they taught me how to pass the state board, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. But how do you go learn how how to cut hair? Right. You know what I'm saying? And um, that's crazy that policing is kind of the same way. It, well, how it, do you get how do you get extra training? Like for the be, more, you got to get. I lucky. I was lucky that I had a lot of veteran officers that you mentioned James Manning earlier. Well, James, I know James through in through training aspect. I never because I don't. I never. He never worked for Polk. He worked. I think for if Long. I was gonna, I think if I was gonna want, want to learn some stuff, I'd probably team up with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, and then like I had veteran officers that worked what I wanted to do, which was like criminal addiction, like looking for your yeah. high level criminals, your drug smugglers, your you know stuff like that. So um, Jeez, I got man. with them, and I would stay. If I worked six to six, I would stay six PM to midnight on my last day and then go ride with one of them and then they would teach me. You know, I would learn that way. I'd look I'd go for to addi- stuff yeah. I'd go to additional situations. training, advanced training to do as much as I could. So it's really up to you. So you, you could you could become just a police officer right out of right out of the academy and just kinda stay stay yeah. just just the minimum. Yep. And not answer do any kind ca- of- answer your calls, write your tickets. I don't, I don't do a lot of that. Speaking but. of, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna, I'm gonna 
bring up a controversial thing right here. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a myth, and you don't have to answer it if you don't want to. But is there a such thing as a quota on no. speeding tickets? No, that okay. So, I, there's some. There's just people that like to work. Y'all don't have a big whiteboard at the at the no. office that's keeping score and tabs, and y'all got to buy each other rounds of beer. No, we like actually hands out more tickets. A lot of guys I work with, like <laughs> we, we 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 play fun with the guys that ride a lot of tickets. We troll them a little bit. Why do you, so? Some people actually enjoys that. Oh yeah, I mean your troopers. People, that some people be, don't. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't like working speeded. I don't care. I've never rode a speeding ticket ever. So. Do you do you think that's a form of a it's like a power trip for some for some yeah absolutely that's that's where that's the that's the kind of officers that I don't align with mm-hmm. because I I can tell when that that is the case because I'm a pretty laid back guy but I can tell and I don't get pulled over a lot right but I've I've seen both personalities I've been I've been legit speeding. Like and deserve the ticket, mm-hmm. like yes, like here I'll write it myself. Like, yeah, but then there's been situations where I felt like it was just really, really. Um, he was really looking for something or yeah. anything. You know, it was like, come on, man. And even as cool as I was, yes, sir, it was still kind of a, just a really, for lack of better words, just just dickhead persona. Mm-hmm. And um, I always viewed those as power trips. Yeah, you know, and I hate that because unfortunately those guys give a lot of. Uh, bad reputations mm-hmm. with cops, you know, and that's what made me feel like there was a quota. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. As long as people are doing their job, they're doing it professional uh, and they're doing, they're not, you know, turning it into about them. And I don't mind what you do. Like if you, if you like writing tickets, more power to you, but just be good about it. Cause just know people aren't going to like it. Like, no, man. I mean, it's true. Like if you, if, if I was a cop that really enjoyed writing tickets and mm-hmm. I got off on that for whatever reason, I could I could stay busy. I mean, you oh, could you yeah. could sit at a corner and freaking just stay as busy as you freaking wanted. Yeah, there's certain places that they'll knock I mean, out fifteen a day, but fifteen to twenty. I don't know. It's it's crazy, but I was just curious. Yeah, it, <laughs> as far as like my department and as yeah. far as the ones around me, there are no quotas. Yeah, there's no quotas here. Okay, there's just certain people they like they there's you know there's revenue. They, I always just know. maybe it's. I just envision this big whiteboard y'all keeping yeah, tally. We don't we don't get paid for for tickets. Some people think <laughs> y'all that, gonna miss out on that Christmas yeah, bonus, yeah, Bucky Roo. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ain't gonna be one coming to me because yeah. like I said, yeah, I've never been into writing them. Your 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 sergeant or whatever is that what you call it. Your yeah, yeah we got corporals and sergeants, captains, yeah. chiefs. He's like chief. pages you and says, "I need you to come to my office." And <laughs> Buck, you're you're doing great, but you're behind about twenty. 20 speeding tickets or 20 tickets. I need yeah. to step it up a little bit, son. Yeah, sorry. You know, you got to get that Christmas bonus. Mm-mm. Not doing <laughs> it. That's just more like uh, it's, it, the encounter is to make the contact. Yeah. And then it's not about the warning. It's about the warning, really, because certain training we have is it's based off of not issuing a citation, but developing that comfortability. Like, okay, you're getting a warning and then you go off on other things. So, like, I guess you find it's find it's funny that when you're out patrolling your car how people are so afraid to pass you oh yeah that's i think that's such a yeah i'm like i'm like i'm not worried about you please just pass me i'm not people just know. slow down and they're so afraid to pass you yeah like and i won't i won't do it i mean sometimes i will if, if the cops were like really going slow yeah i'm like come on but it, it freaks people out they're like even if you are going the speed limit, they will not pass the cop because <laughs> yeah. they feel like they're, they're going to get a ticket. Yeah, just everybody tenses up. If you see me, you <laughs> pass me. I don't care. I ain't looking at you. Oh man, <laughs> I, I, think that, I think that a lot of people can relate to that because yeah. you see it happen in public. You know, I hate. I used to. Um, it's like a funeral. Well, you know? I've I grew. I had a. I've had a lot of speeding tickets. Like as a from a right. kid, my first ever ticket that I got, I passed a bull a bus stop sign. Like I was going down Alabama Highway. Whoa. And it was going back towards the city, and I'm going oh, to Coosa. Okay. It had the, me- the, the median. median. Yeah. But so. it's, it's got to be a grass median. Gotcha. It's got to be a solid median. I didn't know that. I, yeah. I did the rules. online uh, driving course. I didn't even go to the place to do it. I did the online version during the summer. Jeez. They didn't teach us about that. And if they did, I'd skip through it. But, um, yeah, Man. he passed me, and there was a trooper. And I didn't like the encounter with him. I get the danger of it, but there's not a school bus alive that is, or that works is right. going to let kids, kids pass four lanes of traffic to get on the bus. No, that's I agree. Like you're not you're not going to do that to your child. And no. then 
So he, he, he's like, I'm taking you, I should take you to jail. I'm like, and my response, well, I'm 16. You can't take me to jail. So, you know, (laughs) I didn't help the situation, but I was kind of shocked because I was late for school. I knew I was gonna get my butt chewed when, you know, when this was like my third or fourth tardy. So. Yeah. I had a, uh, I've only had a couple of like really bad encounters or where I was like really like I was about to bowl over. One was, um probably like 15 years ago, I was going down Barrett Parkway. Mm-hmm. And this is when the law had just come out about move over. Yeah. yeah. The cop has yeah. somebody, has, has got somebody pulled over. You, yeah. you need to be like, oh, like literally get over. Yeah, not, yeah. Just, not just slow down, but move over. And I, I honestly did not know about it yet. Mm-hmm. And I was cruising through there with my Jeep. At the time, it had big mud tires on it. Yeah. It kind of roared. And so it probably sounded louder than, than what I was really going because he based it off the sound and my Jeep had loud exhaust. So, I slowed down. I saw him, but I, I didn't get over. Well, he 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 honestly left the person. Oh yeah, on the side of the road to come get me. I don't know if he was just wrapping up with him or told him to hang on. I'll be back. Yeah, <laughs> but I thought that was kind of weird. Well, it's it, it, once you start seeing the the stats of officers getting hit. By oh, cars, now I completely yeah. know. Yeah, but at the time, man, I think I was like eighteen, nineteen years old. Oh, yeah, you're not worried. And about um, yeah. did not know about the law. It just came out, but he pulled me over and was was super mad and like almost cussing me and. He's like, same thing, you know, we're yeah. take you to jail. He's like, do you not know about the law? And I'm like, no. I'm like, he's like, well, there's all kind of TV commercials about it and stuff like that. Well, I'm like, I don't watch a lot of TV. Yeah. Sorry, man. You know, I slowed down. But he, he gave me a ticket. It ended up being a $500 ticket. Yeah, so, yeah that move over one is no joke. So and it's just like it's crazy. When you see, like, I get that one to an extent. Cause like, so oh, I, I totally get yeah, it now. I, think I don't. I don't want to be be like it's the worst. I can't imagine you're talking to somebody and all of a sudden you're you're gone because you got smacked by a car going yeah. fifty because you're not you're not going to live through that. No, you're probably not going to know what. I mean, it's, I don't see your chances of living getting hit by a car. I, I get it. I completely stand by it now because you'll see sure. wrecks that are go. They'll be going thirty, forty miles an hour, and it looks like you know they're yeah. going a hundred. So that's wild, man. But yeah, that's that w- that was a bad encounter. And then um, let's see. I don't think I've had really any other encounters with a cop like that. Now I did have a, now maybe it was a cop on a beach somewhere. It was a Myrtle, Myrtle beach, South Carolina. I just got out there, had my cooler. Um, didn't even have no alcohol in it. It was just yeah. like Coke zeros or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, I had, had to work a little bit just to get my setup on the beach, you know, walk a little ways. Right. And I was kind of worn out, you know, from just getting everything, the chairs out there in the cooler, and the cop, beach cop, came up to me and said, um, that, that cooler's not allowed. And I'm like, what do you mean? He says, it's not Coast Guard approved. I was like, you serious? He's like, and he's just like, yeah, man. Like, get the shit going. He was like cussing at me. Yeah. And man, I about lost <laughs> all, it, dude. All over a cooler. <laughs> that that so, sounds about something. That's yeah. Ironically, there was a, 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 a gift shop just right up the way that sold Coast Guard approved coolers that were 50 bucks little styrofoam mm-hmm. had a symbol on it don't ask me the difference <laughs> but it was a it was like a money thing oh you it's know? a racket for sure <laughs> so that, we got that's more revenue yeah so he probably gets a little piece you know uh, yeah the I, gift shop's like outside they're probably sponsoring a christmas party every year or something so it's just stuff like that's yeah. what gets gets under my skin you know yeah the petty stuff like, you know the I main but sometimes the weird thing is like the petty violations yeah. can sometimes lead to something like massive. That's true. Like I, yeah. I was going to sit here and that's one thing I was going to bring up was like, how many times have you pulled over somebody for like just something simple, but ended up leading to something bigger? Yeah. Tag lots. That's huge. Tag lots. And it ends up being somebody with, driving around with no license. Pedestrian violations, bicycles. Dang, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, you'd be shocked that people, will, you know, they'll be, they'll have, three ounces of meth on a, on a bicycle. If they don't Jeez. got a car, they got a bicycle. So Holy crap, man. They'll be walking, you know, wrong side of the road. You're making the contact. You're not out there to, you know, yeah. get the ticket. But, you know, you, you have to make those contacts to assess your, you know, what's what's abnormal, what's normal. How many uh, breathalyzers do you give uh, I've only, through the week or months? Um, not many? You just base it off what you feel like. I mean, it's um, if they're not – it's not really DUI is not really one of my things I work either. I, like I said, I stick to that one element and I try to the investigations. Yeah. I like, I like to broaden my, that's, you got to find your niche. Right. Like what you, if you're, like I said, if you're a guy that likes to write tickets, more power to you. God bless <laughs> yeah. you. But 
you know, if you get trolled a little bit, you can't get mad. Right. That's yeah. We are going to troll you a little or bit. Or a lot of court, a lot of court appearances. Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, like, people, if you get them out tickets like that, you're probably going to have a lot, of, lot more percentage of people taking you to court if it's really petty stuff. Petty stuff, yeah. If you, um, we spend, most of the guys I work with, we spend our time in Superior Court, and that's, yeah. Those are the ones like you get your emotion to suppresses, your, your, you know, hearings and everything. That's where you spend a lot of your time. And you realize when you start, when you're first starting out, you don't realize it because your court cases don't happen until two years later. But you're like, God, why did I make all these cases? <laughs> now I'm getting yeah. off time. I'm in court. Well, I'd rather be home, you know, so it, it, it does put a drain on you. Yeah, man. So back on the boxing side, mm-hmm. um, you, you're a coach mm-hmm. and, what, what what have you found has been the most enjoyable piece of that when you're working with you work with all ages or yeah so when Thomas opened up in shape well he opened the, the boxing part of it I contacted him and it's something I always enjoyed because I always enjoyed I enjoyed competing but this time I didn't have a coach I didn't have a gym I really, and I was tired of driving back and forth to Douglasville because it's just yeah. taxing so I hit him up and he was like yeah I'm interested you know so we got together we formed it and he put it all together with his money. I just was the I was the knowledge, so I came in, set everything up. Yeah, we had a good amateur team, but then I noticed the most benefit was me coaching helped my game because I'm able to yeah, sit there and break down sense. every little move. Like we teach and we go on an in depth movement on why we do this because I'm a why person. If I get presented something, I'm going to ask why. And a lot of people take that as disrespect, especially the older old heads. <laughs> if you take you ask why, they're like, it's just the way we do it. You know, I don't, that's right. the answer is not yeah. sufficient to me. Like I need to know the, what those, you know, yeah, the rhyme and reason technique strategy. So, yeah. I started doing, it, I was like, wow, this is really helping my game. And then I'm sparring with them. Cause they don't like, I had heavyweights that right. didn't have sparks. So I'm, I'm sparring with them. I'm like, well, I'm getting a lot better now. So Dang, man, that's good. That's when I got with my manager, Blake Waddell. And he started, he's out of Alabama. Yeah. And, um, he, uh, started getting me fights. My career took back off again. And that was how long ago? How many years ago was that? When you uh, I turned pro when I was twenty one. Oh, okay, wow. Yeah, I, tur- I had my first pro fight twenty one years ago. Yeah, and then um, I got with a guy, and then my career kind of. I lost my second pro fight, which was, you know, it, it bothered me. And then basically, the guy that was going to sign me didn't wasn't any was had no interest in me anymore. So we got locked into that for a while and then I kind of lost motivation due to just the business aspect of it. Yeah. And then I found the gym Thomas opened up. It was really my saving grace really was Thomas opening that gym. Uh, really? Cause I was kind of awesome. stuck on what to do. Like I'm at this time I was like 25. So I'm like, I need to do something. Do you feel like pour, pouring into others helps you yeah. all around? Yeah. Help my skill set. Like mental, not only skill set, but just Me- mental. Yeah. Yeah. Like just, um, the, see somebody else doing good at it and then, maybe having potential to go further. I want, I'd like to take someone further than I made it. That's what anybody that coaches goal. somebody, yeah. you want to see them make it. Like some coaches don't want to teach everything they know. Really? Some people like to hold on to stuff. It's, oh, an, it's an ego thing. But I want my person that I'm trying to be better than I ever was. Yeah. Which, you know, awesome. I consider myself a, a regional fighter, a regional club fighter. Basically, right. you know, I, I never got to access that level of the like world level. I'd been there with guys that had been at the world level sparring but i didn't ever get that you know yeah that opportunity so do you work with mostly like teens or all ages or what well, do you, what do you enjoy anywhere between with? i think the most enjoyable is usually eight-year-olds eight to ten because they're in there just they're they're i mean they're you got to keep them on pace like the classes are 30 45 minutes because yeah. their attention span they're not gonna handle an hour and a half um the teens are fun but they get egos Real quick, because they're when you're 15 and you think you you see Floyd Mayweather and Javante Davis, you're like I'm gonna be the next Floyd. Or freaking what's his name? Is it Logan Paul? Yeah, you see that. It's like okay, well you can do that, but make sure you have their bankroll because that's how that's how they're able to do this. They have a bankroll. What do you think about what do you think about Logan Paul? I like it. I think it's it brings eyes to the sport. He he was he's kind of like the most hated. Well, that's the enemy. Like, you got to have those guys that you pay. Like, if I pay to see him fight, I'm paying because I want him to lose. <laughs> that's, I mean, <laughs> right. I want it. I, you want that. He knows that. He's a villain role. So, it's a villain role. Gotcha. You got to have him. You got to have your, you know, your, just like wrestling. Like, when you watched wrestling <laughs> back in the day, I mean, you, you occasionally find a guy that's like Stone Cold who's kind of like an anti hero. Right. Know, back and forth, just is against the man and does what he's got. And those are fun, but you got to have your good guys and your bad guys. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's the, I just think Logan Paul's story is pretty pretty wild. He's got a documentary on Netflix. Oh yeah, you know, he started off as freaking on Disney, Disney. as a kid, innocent little kid. And then I think his story's fun, and I enjoy watching him talk. I mean, he, and he's, he kinda, he's pretty decent. Yeah, he he's he's not bad. He's he uh, he gets the right matchups. I mean, um, I mean, I would I would sign that contract in a second, you know, to have that kind of money, you know, and that opportunity because. You go in there and knock a guy out like that, people will know your name from that. Because he was he was on a roll there for a while. Well, he actually just won his first fight because Jake. You know, there's Logan and Jake. Logan's the bigger one. Okay, wh- okay. Jake Paul's the one that fights all these. You know, ex like the he fought Anderson Silva. Uh, Jake, maybe that's who I'm talking about. Jake, yeah, Jake, Jake. yeah, Jake has legitimate skills. Like it's Jake, yeah, Jake's who I was talking about. Sorry, they both, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're both they're, both. <laughs> they're basically the same. Like ones and you know they're both the same personalities. So but, Jake's a lot better. He's, oh yeah, yeah. He's because he was on a roll, man. He was like undefeated there for a while. But like you, well, you would take these UFC fighters yeah. on. You yeah, know? that's he knew what angle to push. I personally <laughs> think that he got him at the right time. They had done had a long career. He's right. Like, it's just smart matchmaking on his behalf. Like you, you get a guy with a name, but he's not. He's a shell of himself. Or maybe right. he don't have the motivation he used to because he's got money. Gotcha. Once you start making ten million a fight, Get a little that same motivation you had when you had was making a thousand a fight is not the same. Man, that's crazy, isn't it? So he um he does the right things, and I don't. I mean, I, I think it's good for the sport. I yeah. always watch. I always watch it, so I is, can't say on anything on. Does he, does he? Does he have some fights coming up in the future? Uh, well, he's trying to angle to go towards to be a legitimate like pro. So gotcha. we'll see. Uh, we'll see. I, I pay attention to him, but he's kind of like what? I pay attention when he's there. What would he have to? What kind of fight would he have to win to be a legitimate mm, boxing yeah. pro? He's gonna have to fight a a real like real contender or an up and comer, like someone that's legit up and comer, not someone <laughs> that's, that's like yeah. halfway retired. Yeah, 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 that's here to collect the money, and which you know all power to him. Make your money while you can. For real, because yeah, like you said, he's making ten million a fight. Yeah, a lot I, of them. I bet. More probably. I bet he's probably generated probably close to twenty to thirty. Between sponsors yeah. and all the giveaways and stuff. Sponsors, his the, he's the promotion. <laughs> he owns the promotion. Oh so wow. Pay per view points. Yeah. Pay per view points is where it's at. Like if you that's where if you're making pay per view points, you're getting you're getting per pay per view buy, you're getting paid off of. So Yeah, man. You sell two million pay per views. Think about, you know, on top of your purse. What do you think it is about boxing that other than just Maybe having the desire to just punch somebody. What? 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 Mental. What? What's the pros as far as the mental benefits? You know. Well, like, it's like. So, I never. The goal was never was the punching somebody in the face part. Yeah. I mean, it does. When you land a good shot, it feels great. But and vice versa, <laughs> you know, right. you, you eat a good one and it hurts. Like the shots you get hit with that you think sound bad yeah. and they look bad on TV. Are not the ones that actually hurt. It's the ones like subtle ones, something that grazes, like hits you a certain way, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Dang but, man. Um, or you'll get hit, and you'll feel it in your heels, like your heels will vibrate. You like the Rocky movies? Oh yeah, you gotta you gotta love them. If no one, no one ever came through in boxing <laughs> and says, "I can't stand Rocky," <laughs> like you, you have to watch it. I mean, oh, I, it's, it's Rocky good movies. Rocky man. Four being my favorite one. Yes, that that was always my lifetime. With the Russian, goal. yeah, yeah. I always wanted to fight in Russia. I wanted to be the American. What's his in Russia. name in real life? Um, um I, any other day I would yeah, know his name. Same here. Same here. Uh, here Dolph Lundgren. Yes. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Man. I mean, he's. That's <laughs> the perfect. Like that was my life goal was to like have that, yes. that scary looking Russian. Yeah. I I never had the look of intimidation. I had to go in and earn it. Right. I had to actually go in and be good. Like I didn't have that look of like, oh, that guy's terrifying. <laughs> I don't know enough about the the movie, but like to me, like Sylvester Stallone, and he, I know a lot of that was acting, but mm-hmm. they they probably had to work with some boxing coaches. Yeah, oh to yeah, they had to all those movies. They did. Man, they did. That was a good. Well, they had to do a lot of fight simulation. They had to get in and train, and they said that um, because um, Dolph Lundgren was actually a, a kickboxer. Like he actually gotcha. trained. Yeah. So. He got in a little bit and was actually hitting Stallone. Stallone's like, dude, dude I'm a movie star. I'm not a, <laughs> yeah, right. I look like it, but yeah, I'm not yeah. a fighter. You know? right. And you, you got to think the, the prep, they probably had a bodybuild prep, I would guess. Yeah, if you yeah. look at them, that's, you don't see any boxer that's chiseled like, like that. Ivan Drago. Yeah, like yeah. That is like, that ain't natural. No. We, we both know the smell test, he fails. Right. So, um, 
I love those movies. I have to watch them again. So who who is um is there anybody in the boxing that would it would you say Mike Tyson had probably the most like respectable physique out of all the boxers? Yeah. I mean that he, he had he uh, like a bodybuilder. Yeah. You looked at him and you thought, I mean, his neck was huge, he traps, shoulders. I mean, he was meant to to hurt people. Like he, he was built for that. Did you meet him when he came to Rome? I didn't. See, I was real. So I know how those types of fighters are. I can watch his interviews, and I just he's out away in his personal life, and I didn't want to go. Want to bring it up? No, I don't want to go. And he was. It. I can imagine. Like I'm the one of the guys that I, I would want to ask for a picture, but I know out of like how many he, times he get asked. That he was day. here for his daughter's tennis match, and you're right. Yeah, I just was he, like, I'm gonna stay. You respect that. Yeah, yeah. I've, say, I've you know I've had like passing bys with it. I, yeah. I, you know I, I don't need to go and bother him. I just didn't want to do it. Like what? And then say if he's having a bad day, even yeah. at his age, he's gonna he could hurt ninety nine percent of the population. That's a good that's a good documentary too, man. Yeah. Uh, Have you ever seen his um, on stage one? He has a live action one mm. where he goes on stage in New York and tells a story, and it goes. Spike Jones directs it, and he adds Spike adds you know a few things in, but it's really good. There's yeah, it's there's a documentary on netflix called mike or something yep. like that where it's got it's got a dude that looks like mike tyson on a stage yeah telling about his story mm-hmm. and it goes from him like talking in front of an audience to that's flashbacks him. yeah yeah there's one that's hbo that they did it that's mike telling stories where yeah. he got into acting because you know he got into the hangover movies <laughs> right so he got into that element to make some money so it's oh, a he's, he's a character i, I love listening to him who was it that raised him it was his, was it his coach or yeah, uh, custom auto was yeah, it, yeah, an yeah. older an older older white man and the whole story about how what what sparked that or flipped that switch of him being a, a fighter was the, the dude ripping the head he off his bird should have done it, <laughs> it, <should've> done it. <laughs> that guy's uh, probably if he's still alive is thinking, <laughs> oh, little did i know that, my life was about to change forever they, yeah that was a he, turning point for him wasn't it yeah because before you know, then he was getting bullied and he was, yeah, he was he was a chubby kid, so yeah, but yeah, you don't mess with his birds. That's, that's wrong, though, dude. Yeah, to, to rip your well, you think of where he grew up. That's probably a like doing stuff like that is probably a norm in that area because it was very poor. Is in the prime time of the eighties where the crack dens and all yeah, that stuff were going on. So people didn't even have money to live, much less, and then they get addicted to this drug called crack. So Jeez. they're doing anything they can, boosting, you know, robbing anything they can just to make to get that you know fix I, I feel like he could have been a little bit further in life if he hadn't got has so many setbacks with drugs man he was wild well, who I, has freaking pan, uh, pet tigers and stuff yeah, you gotta have some <laughs> i'm not that's not, that's not i'm not running yeah i'm not running that risk because he had had some stories like steve-o with you know jackass yeah had gotten into a bathroom with mike tyson and they did a bunch of cocaine together and he tells that story man. on his part i'm like how are y'all still alive yeah I mean, it's crazy, dude. And then, you know, his his career, I mean, when he came out of prison, he was actually um, probably, he said, his best physical condition. Well, yeah. Because he said prison was a great time for him because he got to think. Work on himself. Work on himself. I remember him saying that to somebody. Because everybody's like, you had all this money. He's like, money doesn't. Right. It does nothing if you're not okay upstairs. That's true, man. There's a guy I follow named Wes Watson, and he's the same thing. He did like 10 years in prison. And just decided to really just work on himself. He's yeah. like, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to get in the best shape of my life. I'm going to read books, meditate. And, man, he you know, he got out. And he's, he's like, Instagram famous now. Yeah. Making, making bukus of money because he worked on his on his head, yeah. his mindset. Yeah, I think that's something everybody can do. Yeah. Um, he got to. Well, that's got to be rewarding, man, helping, helping teens and even adults, man. It's like, that's so out of their comfort zone. Oh, yeah. You know, learning how to get uncomfortable mm-hmm. because that would be that would be uncomfortable for me man and mm-hmm. i mean i'm not gonna sit here and say i'll never i'll never try it but that would definitely be just like even uh jujitsu yeah you know different beast yeah uh i can't imagine but i hear people that do it and they love it and, and uh, the camaraderie and just yeah yeah you do you the, do a lot of like i said that's all a bond and you're not in there to hurry <laughs> you're not killing each other i mean you're you're getting after it but you're not like if you go to like scramble Yes, with PJ and Jason and all them, you're you're going to go in there and you're going to learn things. But when it comes time to roll, and they give you the option, you can either roll or you don't have to. But you're, I'm you got to once you're a part of it, you got to finish it. That's their rule. So, and it is it, they get. What do you mean it. they give you an option to roll? 
so it's like live. So you're you're you basically start and you're getting after each other for the you know usually thirty minutes, an hour, whatever they decide to do. Jeez, and it's like a. I was like I did when I first started. I hadn't been back. I've been focused on the coaching and, and work aspect. I need to start back, but I did two days and they did live rolling. It was hard. I mean, they I got my ass whipped. Just, Your goal is to basically you're not. You're not you're not punching people. You're you're basically putting putting them in positions to where they can't breathe and just yeah. tap out. Well, see, that's, <laughs> I, mean, I was telling them like the conditioning aspect from a boxer to a grappler. So in boxing, there's a lot more. You're using different muscles than you are with grappling. Yeah. So yeah, you'll have a base level of cardio, but when you got someone on top of you that's bearing down on you and he's your, he's bigger than you and he's he's got his gi and like he's just he feels like he's 400 pounds, but he's only 180. But he's just working you, and you're you think not. A, you think a good grappler could 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 take down a a good boxer? Oh, easy, easy. It's there's a good grappler in a in a pure fight, unless he just the boxer is trained in distance and right. understands that I got to land a shot before because to initiate a fight starts standing. So for him to take me down, he's got to get close, but I have to punch him. I have to land, but my chances of landing. And then him getting because we'll see my back. I'm compromised. There's not much I can do. I guess that's why UFC is so interesting because it does. It's like a mixed bag of boxing and, yeah, and jujitsu and grappling, right? Yeah, you got some fighters that are skilled in in both. Yeah, it's so it's like when you go you go to a job job site. You know, you got your tool belt. You got yeah. all these tools. That's what MMA is. Well, dang, man. imagine you had to build a house with just ham- with just a hammer. And nail a bag of nails, right? And you got your tool. I mean, it's kind of boxing's like that. Yeah, it's like that. But people don't realize how like you got your footwork. Your you at the end of the day, you got maybe six or seven punches you can throw. You got left. You got a jab, cross, left hooks, uppercuts, and then variations to the body. So who's who's the who's the in the ranks right now for UFC? Who's that? Um, right now you got like uh, name some people. John Jones. I mean, I would assume he. He probably has experience Everything. grappling. Every, yeah, it's, that's his main thing. Is if he gets you on your back, and and then not just that, he he does everything good. As much as I, I mean, there's times <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't really cheer for him. Right. Very, very rarely, but um, he's good. That's such cool it's, man. Yeah, he's one of the best to probably ever do it. And then boxing is just so like I'll always be addicted to it. Like it, there's I'm struggling. I struggle every day, not wanting to like get back because I could get in and train. Right. At a, I would call it a part-time level, and then still get fights, still win fights. Yeah. But once I face that guy that eats, sleeps, and breathes, he's going to tune me up something yeah. awful. So, and that's what we were talking about earlier. Um, you had mentioned you made a good point. You 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 had the realization that if if you really want, did want to pursue the boxing thing again, you you're going to have to be all in. Yeah, I'd have to. And, I'd have to. I'd have to relocate. And you got some goals you want to do at work. Mm-hmm. So it's, you can't have both. You can't balance it all, unfortunately. You can't have it both. And that's what I was telling you about Allie, how she's she's all in. Mm-hmm. Like, whether she wants to – whether she's realized it or not, she's an IFBB pro that, that does bodybuilding full-time. I mean, she's physique pro. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the focus on the workouts, to be able to work out sometimes two and three hours. Yeah. You know, uh, Meal prep, your nutrition, your supplementation, like posing practice. You're right. That's just that's hard to do part time. Yeah. <laughs> so and that's a lot of times unless you got someone that's really backing you. Mm-hmm. Um, your big fights, you're going to get called on short notice. Yeah. Which is more. It's like it's boxing has to be or competing in general. It's got to be year round. You can't say oh, I'm going to train hard for eight months and then I'm going to take four mm-hmm. months off. Like, well, you lost a lot of progress, and then the turnaround is going to be terrible. So. It was um, like I got offered one time to fight when Connor fought Floyd. I got yeah. an offer to fight on that undercard. Two weeks notice, and I hadn't put on a pair of gloves in six weeks. I'm not doing that against a guy that was like 5-0. and oh. What what areas of work are you wanting to move up in? Because it's got to be pretty special to pull you away from boxing. Well, it, it, you know? it's, not so, it's, it's not more special than boxing, but I have to be, like you said, the realization of – I mean, are you married? No, kids. No. Okay, so it's not like it's not even like you even have to do it Mm-mm. to keep a career stable. Mm-mm. I'm more worried about um, I need my brain to do this job. Like to, it's a, to 
I have to be able to complete paperwork, complete tasks. And at the rate I was going and just taking unnecessary blows to make a, you know, five to yeah. 10,000, that's not enough, you know, in a local regional or even some of the higher ends, you know. So for you to, for you to make that switch, I'm not saying you will mm-hmm. or should, but if you did say like, I'm just, look, I just want to go all in. Yeah. I'm still young. I want to go all in with boxing. Like, what would that look like? You'd have to probably just you'd have to quit quit the police department. At least and go part time. Like, yeah. Like and like. Well, actually, I'd have probably to quit and live, I'd have to move. Live in like a freaking box. Yeah. Just live cheap. Live in the gym. The, there's not going to be any income. Yep. No income. I'd have to <laughs> relocate to a new, um, probably somewhere completely different. Why? Why different? Because I'd have to be just. I could not be. I'd have to swim with sharks. Like it's not good to be the oh, lead, gotcha. the high man. I, you would, was, need, you would need to go surround yourself with some other killers, killers. to level up. True kill, yeah. That's interesting you say that because yeah. um, in my own personal journey of, of personal development, uh, and don't get me wrong, Rome, Rome is great, and there's some cool uh, – there's a lot of people in this area that I look up to. Mm-hmm. But I, I found in the, in the specific areas that I wanted to level up in, I had to I had to go outside of Rome. Yeah. Like like Salt Lake City, Utah yep. type places, Nevada, to get around killers that – or in the game that I'm wanting yeah, to be that, in. That's where I would probably have to relocate to like your Philly, uh, your New York, your Florida, where there's just, I mean, there's, they're here in Atlanta. You can go to Atlanta and find that. 